Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. How many here have unfinished projects at home? Do you have more than one? Yeah, if you're like most human beings, tend to have a list and list of unfinished projects. And it seems like we start one and, and then we start another and things remain unfinished. So I, I have come up with three ways to deal with unfinished projects. So these are really, really important ways of, of dealing with unfinished projects. The, the very first one is just ditch it completely. Whatever list it's on, destroy that list as if it never happened. That's the one that I like the best, but it's probably not the most useful one. But it is it is an option. Uh, the other one is to try to salvage a project the best you can. You know, you're going to finish it, but you're not going to finish it really the way you first intended it to finish. You're just going to salvage it. You're going to make it happen just so you can kind of cross it off the list. But, you know, it's kind of not really done right. But it is a way of handling the list. And the other way really is probably the best way and is the obvious way. Just finish the project. Just do it. Just finish it. Just just get it done. Because the truth of all these projects, they every one of those projects, as simple as they may be or as complex as they might be, each one of them has a purpose, don't they? There's a reason why you have this project. There's a purpose behind it. And did you know that God has projects of his own? He has lots of projects of his own. And there are a lot of unfinished projects sitting in this room right now. A lot of us are unfinished. We're not done yet. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you and me, we are really a piece of work. We really are. And thank God we are a really piece of work because that means we're, we're God's handiwork. God has his fingerprints all over us. And, and he's committed to these projects, to you and I. You know, God doesn't, God has one to-do list. And that's to make us look like Jesus. And He's going to, to do that. And He's going to accomplish that. Each one of us has a God-ordained purpose. And so, let's start off with a, just a pretty simple definition of purpose. Because tonight we're going to talk about our purpose and bridge builders purpose but here's a small definition of what purpose kind of means it's uh purpose can be described as a direction it can be dis, uh described as a focus uh it can be defined as a design it is purpose answers the question and i mentioned this last week it answers the question of why am i here why am i here on this planet 
Why am I here in this room? Why am I here in this church? Why am I here at the grocery store? Why am I, you know, here at the business that I work at, you know, or school? It answers that question. And every human being asks two questions. Who am I? And why am I here? Every human being has these questions embedded in them. And they ask them in all kinds of different ways. But when we talk about purpose, it really speaks to why we're here. What is, what is our God-ordained purpose to be on this planet? Because we have one. We might have multiple, but we do have one. You're alive now because there's a purpose for you and purpose in you, even in your unfinished state. So you don't have to be done to have a purpose. You just have to be alive. And as far as I can tell, everyone in this room is alive. Hopefully you remain so at the end of the sermon, I pray. But even in your unfinished state, you have purpose. And even when life seems like there is no purpose. Even when life seems like there is no purpose, when life is challenging and and maybe you're just in survival mode and you want to give up, there's still purpose. I'm here to tell you from experience that purpose does not stop. Purpose never stops. And I will tell you that it can't be stopped. Purpose can't be stopped. Now, Purpose does get redefined. Purpose gets refined through hardships, through struggles, through challenges, and the myriad of of crisis that we walk through as, as human beings. Often, 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 pers- uh, purpose is is refined. Is the word I love the best. It, you know, it is. <laughs> you refine it, and it refines you at the same time. Sometimes you've got to search for your purpose again when hardship happens, right? Yes. Sometimes you lose sense of it, yes. you know, and, and you feel like there is no purpose. But, but purpose cannot stop. It just can't. And here's why. Psalm 138, verses 7 through 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. Verse 8, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Purpose does not stop because God is behind the purpose. It can't be stopped. It just can't. Yes, we lose sight of it. Yes, we lose focus. Yes, we lose direction. But the purpose has not stopped. I love this, these two scriptures together because they're both a proclamation and a prayer together. So I can proclaim loud and proud that the, that the Lord will complete his purpose for me. And I can say, Father, your generous love is everlasting. Is everlasting. Please, Father God, do not abandon your personal work in me. That's a proclamation and that's a prayer. I know God is going to finish his purpose for me in me. I know he's going to do it and I'm going to proclaim it, but I'm also going to pray it. Because I do lose focus. I do lose my way. 
I do think at times that there, you know, Christine dies and I think there's no purpose for me. Dreams die for us and we think, you know, and on and on. All the losses that we suffer, we can, we can lose purpose. We have to remember that with God, purpose never stops. Because He's behind a purpose and He's also committed to make sure that purpose happens. That's what these two scriptures are proclaiming here. What a, what a proclamation. What a prayer. Don't you love Jesus? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. So I want to look at this phrase a little bit deeper, fulfill his purpose. The Hebrew word for purpose is not simple. It means what goes around me. It means what goes above me. It means what goes behind me. It means what goes in me. And it also means what is good for me. That's, that's a long Explanation for a very simple word. <laughs> but it's powerful in this way. So this, this Hebrew phrase means that all of me is under construction by Father God. He will complete his work. He will complete what he's begun. He will finish what he started through me, around me, over me, behind me, and what is good for me. What is best for me. What's that? Sounds like Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely sounds like Jesus. So these two scriptures this remind me that I am surrounded and I can't escape the purposes of God. I can't escape it. Again, I'm a human being. I feel at times I have no purpose. But I know I have purpose. Because he surrounds me with it. I can't escape it. It's over me. It's around me. It's behind me. It's in me. How can we escape this? We can't. Because we can't escape Father God. This is powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Right? Powerful stuff. Said to sound like Jesus, right? Philippians 1.6 And I am certain... That God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is committed to finish us off. He's going to finish you off. He's going to do it. He's just said he will. He's going to finish you off. He's going to finish me off. Thank God he's going to do this. Thank God that purpose is, is powerful and, 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 and it completes who we are as human beings. It completes who we are as sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. God's purpose drives our purpose. And that kind of work is always good. It's always good and leads to good works. So with, with these thoughts in mind, I want to look deeper at Bridge Builder's purpose. And Bridge Builder's purpose is stated like this. We exist to know God and to love people. That's our purpose. And the two core scriptures that support this purpose are John 17.3. And this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then 1 John 4.8. But anyone who does not Love does not know God. For God is love. 
Those are two course courses. Now, the, the Greek word here for know, it means the knowledge that is gained through personal experience. It is up close and personal, but it's based on facts and figures and concepts. It is head knowledge. Okay, that's what the Greek is. But to the Hebrew mind, to the Hebrew person hearing this passage or reading this passage, they would think about it in the Jewish frame and the Jewish word no, which is a lot more intimate. Because what the Hebrew culture centers on is all the senses, all the senses, can you say all the senses, all the senses and all the emotions, not just the intellect, not just the mind. So, got that. It's not just the mind. The mind is important. The facts and figures are important. The head knowledge is important. But the, to the Hebrew mind, we're going to take that and we're going to mix in all our emotions and all our five senses into that. And you have to, this, this is the big part of this. This is what the Hebrew culture believes. This is the, got to remember this part. They believe you know something or you know someone when it becomes a part of you. That's how you really know something. That's how you really know someone when that becomes or that person becomes a part of who you are. Now you know. Now it's not just head knowledge. Now my emotional state is invested in this. Now every one of my senses is involved in this because this is a relational thing. And because now they become a part of me, now I know this. See that? This is a... See, the Greeks had one way of thinking it, and it was okay. It was, there, was, there was a level of intimacy there, but the Jewish people say, that's just not deep enough. I've got to get messy with this. I've got to get everything I am involved in this. So when, the, when they heard this, the Hebrew word for gnome is yada, yada. And it means an active, growing relationship. It's an ongoing experience. It is personal. And the process and the journey of knowing someone is huge. The journey of knowing someone means that there is a commitment to longevity. Yeah. That it's not just a passing relationship. It's not an acquaintance. It is, this is, this, this thing is that I'm, I, this is going to become part of me, so I'm never going to leave this. Say, it's, it's really intimate. It's really close. It's active. I love this. So this is what this says to me. Everything that makes me me, that makes me Jay, needs to be involved with knowing who God is. Everything that makes, everything, my will, my mind, my my emotions, my heart, my spirit, my sight, my smell, my hearing, my voice, everything. Everything has to be actively involved in knowing who God is. What's the Bible say? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. See, sometimes we just approach God on one level. And we wonder why we don't feel close. And the Hebrews, our Jewish brothers and sisters are saying, no, you've got to jump all the way in. <laughs> you can't leave anything out of this experience. Because I guarantee you that God meets us with all His. 
presence. All his personality. All everything. God doesn't withhold anything from us. And he asks us to jump in in the same way. With everything that we are. So we can be a part of each other. Every way I experience life is involved and engaged in knowing who God is. Can you just think about that for a moment? This is my hope and my desire. That everything about my life, everything about my life, becomes engaged in knowing who God is. Every part of me. Jumping in all the time. This is, um, this again, here it is. This into me see is 24-7, 365. It is every second. I mean, this is what God hungers for us. That's how much God loves us. He wants us that connected, that, that everything, every emotion, every sense, every thought, every heartbeat, everything is, is directed towards having that abiding and deep relationship with Him. It's all in and nothing left back. This is, this is what knowing him in the, in the Jewish mindset, this is what it means. It means everything's in there. And nothing is held back. And this is the way that God wants us to know him. Knowing God actually requires intimacy. You, you really can't know God without intimacy. Here's a statement. Knowing God is understanding that what I touch, what touches me, what I see, who I see, who sees me, it's understanding that the way I live my life influences the intimacy that I have with God. I'll let that sit there for a minute. Everything. Everything influences the intimacy that I have with Father. Everything about my life. I can't help it. And so when we, have, when we understand our purpose and then we understand, oh, wait a minute. Is this activity, is this opinion, is this way of thinking affecting Positively or negatively, my intimacy with Father. And see, that changes that completely different, doesn't it? But here's a powerful result of purpose. The deeper we know God, the freer we are. The more we know Father God, the freer we are. We become freer sons and daughters because knowing God helps us to know who He is, which helps us to know who we are in Him, and we become free. Er. I don't know about you, that's enough to say hallelujah or something. John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John fourteen six. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Truth is a person. And that truth is Jesus. Truth is a person. And that truth is Jesus. And knowing that sets me free. Knowing him sets me free. See, the enemy lies about our purpose. He lies about our identity. He lies about everything about our life. But the truth sets us free from those lies. This is why we have to know truth by knowing who Jesus is. See, again, everything's invested in my relationship with Christ. Everything. Everything is. Everything is. And I become freer because of it. 
This is why knowing God changes everything. It just changes everything. It changes me. It changes the way I love myself and the way I love others. When I understand his purpose for me, my conversations change. My opinions change. The things I find important change. Everything changes when you know Father. My decisions change. Because they start to begin to line up with Father God's purpose for me. And I start to, to, to look at the things in my life, every aspect of my life, and I say, does it line up with the purpose of God? And if it doesn't, I have to find a way to crash that thing off the list. It might not be a sin, it might not be a bad thing, but it just might not line up with the purposes of God. Knowing Him changes everything. Knowing God defines our purpose. You know how I know this? Because I blew that very fact this, this week. I love the sound of my own voice during a particular conversation this week over the sound of my father's voice. And I had an argument in a, 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 with one of, my, one of my children. And it, although there was no yelling or screaming, there certainly was a lot of disrespect both ways. And there were those hot button topics I told you that you need to look into and study and, and then make sure that you understand them so that you don't, so that you don't argue just so, so you can understand it better. Guess we didn't follow his own device. <laughs> Me. I lost sight of purpose there. And I was trying to convince somebody that was not ready to be convinced of something. Because I was right. That's why we gotta know. And we gotta, we gotta know God. We gotta know what He wants to speak into a situation. And we can. Now, Apologize and ask forgiveness and, and moved on and, and the relationship is good and solid and all that good stuff. But, but it is easy to lose sight of God's purpose. That's why we have to know God. That's why everything has to be invested. See, my opinions need to be invested in God's purpose. They just do. Otherwise, I lose sight of the person who I'm trying to convince of something. But when I'm looking in with the purposes of God, I see the person, not a problem to be solved. One day, one time in our lives, God saw us as people who were lost, not as problems to be solved. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But it's because of love He did. Amen? Amen. John thirteen thirty four to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And then 1 John 4, 7-8 through 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. What the scriptures are saying is that people, all people will know about the love of God when they, when the church loves the way it's commanded to love. 
and also created to love. See, as, as we know God, we're able to love like God. Because the last time I checked, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, who is God. This is our purpose. This is why we're here on this planet. When we love what God loves, we are living in our purpose and we show to the world that we do know Him. See, if I'm just spouting out scriptures, even, without love, doesn't mean I know God. I know about God. But it doesn't mean I really know Him. See, I want to be in a place where people look at me and they say, I don't know about him. He's a little weird. He's a little strange. But I know he knows who God is. See, that's what, that's what I want people to point at me and say. I don't mind them saying I'm strange because I am. But I want them to know that I know the living God. Into me see. Jeremiah 29.7 gives us a path and a purpose. And we're getting close. So, uh, But seek the peace of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its peace you will find your peace. The Greek word here for seek means to walk. It means to, to look around. It means to ask questions. And it actually also means to worship. And the picture here is of someone or a group of people uh, making a well-worn path to a destination. It implies purpose. It implies intentionality. And it means that they're doing this with worship on their minds and hearts and their spirits. We have this town that we live in. Not all of us live in Hyde Park. I understand that. That we are to pray for the peace for. The word here is shalom. And shalom is a deep word and means so many beautiful things. But in its essence, it's talking about an a, a inward feeling of completeness and wholeness. Uh, complete and whole in your health, complete and whole in your finances, complete and whole in your relationships. And that inward feeling should affect the way we live with our fellow human beings. It's an inward, outward thing. Shalom also means, on one of its root words, because most Hebrew words are made of three or four uh, root words. And one of them means to, and I've said this before, to disrupt the chaos that's around us. So the peace that we have, the shalom that we have inside of us, should disrupt the chaos of the world around us and not the other way around. See, this is a... Shalom has purpose. It has purpose to settle things in us. To make us feel at peace. To make us feel at ease. Even when there's great turmoil going around around us. Or even on the inside of us. See, we know the... Prince of Shalom. We know the Prince of Peace. We know Him. And so when we talk about making a path into our community, making a well-worn path, which means other people can follow, it's not easy to, to miss. So we can direct people to. We can direct people out. 
we need to pray for the peace, the shalomness of, of the areas that we have influence in. And since Bridgeville is called to, to do that to, essentially our Jerusalem is High Park. Praying for the peace of High Park is huge. Disrupting the chaos of what's going on in High Park and people's lives is huge. That's why we need to know the Prince of Peace. Know Him mentally, with my heart, with my will, with all my emotions. Try to experience with all my senses the beauty and the wonder of who Jesus is. It's huge. It changes the way we see people. Sometimes we've got to look deeper. Sometimes we've got to look beyond things. And usually that means looking beyond ourselves. Blessed are the shalom makers, for they shall be called sons and daughters. People who know God and love other people. So how does know God, love people apply to High Park? How do we seek and make a well-known path into our town? And how do we pray for shalom? you got to wait the next week. 